In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. But you, friends, are not in the dark. The day will not come upon you like a thief. You are all children of light, children of day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 and 4. I used to tell my children that if they had to hide what they were doing, then probably it was wrong. They'd look at me with those, how does she know, eyes, and I'd talk about a really dark night, and we'd imagine its completeness, and enliken it to not knowing the word, to living in darkness all the time, where we couldn't see what was going on around us, where it may be easier to do something wrong, because who'd catch us? We discussed how we were less able to protect ourselves from unpleasant things going on around us when there was no light. For many of us, this is frightening. We talked about acts of war done under the cover of darkness, pranks with the shadows of evening light hiding in a dark closet. God is still there in the darkness. It's just that no one's acknowledged him. No one's taken the gift and allowed the light to chase away the dark. Happily, I told my quivering children, we are not children of darkness because we've heard the word, which brings us out into the light and allows God into our darkness. Paul says the day of the Lord will come upon us as the pangs that come on a woman in childbirth. And as a woman who has been caught many a time in the pangs of childbirth, I thought, well, I knew what was to come and approximately when, so I wasn't completely taken by surprise. So with us believers, Paul says, we are not in the dark. We are all children of light. We know very well the day of the Lord is coming. We're just not so sure of the exact date. So be prepared. Stay awake. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. My guests today are Jonathan and Linnea Lewis, who are both homeschooled, and I'm delighted to welcome them to the third of my series of shows about graduated students from the home. The direction they both took after homeschool is quite different from the norm, so stay with us for their perspective on further education in the workplace. I'll be talking about the train service this week from Beckenham Junction, making problems for the panto and gathering set dressings, getting my teacher daughter back into college, electric blankets, Thanksgiving, and other oddities. Settle yourselves down with a cuppa and a digestive biscuit good for dunking at breakfast or tea time. I'm ready to get going. 
How are you this week? The weather's turned bitterly cold, happily not a lot of north wind, but our noses turn red when we go out to do our weekly shop or scout around for items for the theatre, as we've been doing a lot of recently. We're fortunate enough to have a pound store, that's like a dollar store and it's twice the price, in the nearby town, and my blue-eyed cowboy gathered cardboard and styrofoam and other things that looked ready to be thrown away to me and constructed a larger-than-life Swiss Army knife for one of the characters in the panto. It had to include an axe for Jack to attempt to chop down the beanstalk and a sword for when he eventually became knighted. It's brilliant, even though I do say so myself. He's a whiz with duct tape and a penknife. Then we bought a swivel office chair, almost brand new from our local charity shop. Because we couldn't take it with us, we drew the line at taking a chair on the bus and then wheeling it up the road to the theatre. We paid for it and the director said he'd pick it up. A bold sold sticker and a large sign designating it as belonging to the Beckenham Theatre were evidently completely disregarded because when he went to collect it two days later, it was gone. My handsome cowboy and I even went in yesterday to look for it ourselves and poof, it had vanished into thin air into someone else's office, I'm sure. They're going to try and track it down for us, but it was a really good steal. We are painting the walls on the stage and during the day it's very cold inside the building. At least there's a kitchen there with a kettle and plenty of tea and coffee so we can keep ourselves warm from the inside. We have four weeks before opening night and the usual things are looking really scary. I've just got my script and the lyrics to all the songs and I'm playing catch up with the blocking and cuts and everybody needs to be off book by Sunday but ha ha, we'll see. The stage is tiny so there aren't many places for an actor to counter to or to cross to or even to exit or enter from. There's no intercom system, so as far as calling the show, I'll have to engage telepathy. Maybe we'll break all the rules and keep our cell phones on. When I was growing up, my parents installed electric blankets on our beds. It was probably my grandmother's gift to us because we had no central heating in our house and the winters in London were and still are quite bitter. For me, they were better than the hot water bottle, widely used by my paternal grandmother, who used to put one in the bed about an hour before I climbed the stairs with a fresh bottle to augment the cooling one in the bed. Halfway through the night, I'd toss both bottles out as their cold sloshiness was miserable. Not so with the electric blanket. Over blankets could heat me up during the night. I had a control and could switch it on silently in the dark and be toasty in minutes. For decades, the familiar, I'll go and put the blankets on, resounded in my family home a couple of hours before bedtime, and the anticipation of getting into a warm bed from a cold room. Remember, I'm English and we sleep with our windows open and our heat off was incomparable. On my arrival in America, electric blankets were unknown, or at least in the circles I ran around in. Flannel sheets did the trick, as did a heavy down comforter, plus woolly socks to keep my feet warm. I can hear you giggling, Mr. Blue Eyes. You can imagine my excitement when I found a brand new electric blanket amongst my parents' treasures. And a couple of weeks ago, I draped it over our top sheet underneath our 13.5 tog down duvet. Before I go any further, a bit about togs. 13.5 tog is the winter weight of feathers or polyester filler for duvets. 10 is for the autumn and 5 is for the summer. Our 13.5 duvet is heavy and fluffy and a real down comforter and a half. It's super king size slides down the bottom of our small queen size bed, making it a feat in arm strength to pull it back up again during the night. But I'm not complaining. It's luxurious. 
Now, on our way to the theatre, or just before dinner, I say, I'll just go and put the blanket on and know that when I return and put my bare feet under the covers, the warmth is... <sighs> we sent my dancer daughter one in Leon C, and she's loving it. So are the cats. When I had my nephews feel the blanket under my duvet after it had been warming up, they said in unison, What is that? My brother obviously has not carried on that tradition, or maybe the heating in his house stays on during the night. And going to the cinema here is really expensive. It's about $20 a ticket. And if you want preferred seating, you pay an extra $3 for an additional few inches of legroom and reclining seats. A norm in most of the cinemas at home. However, we've just discovered that... How long have we been here? In the afternoons, the ticket prices are reduced. And um, they still aren't cheap. A dollar movie theatre doesn't exist here, but they are half price, which works out to be about $10. We went to see The Help last week, which we enjoyed, except for the talking ladies in the auditorium. They'd come as a group to see the chick flick and were sitting right next to us. The commercials here are very clever and quite long, telling a story to sell the product, but we were distracted by the chattering going on beside us. My cowboy nearly leaned over and said something, but I stopped him, saying, it's only the advertisements, not wanting him to be condemned as a pushy American. Then they talked through the trailers, which I also enjoy watching in silence. These women obviously made a habit of cheap afternoon prices and have seen all the advertisements and the trailers before so felt they could talk and talk and talk paying no attention to anyone else in the auditorium in the end we moved which had the film been better attended we wouldn't have been able to do since all the tickets sold in cinemas in england are reserved seating i don't even know if we were sitting in our assigned seats to start with but we were way off to the side in the end which in a nearly empty theater would not happen as of course the computer is programmed to sell the best seats available, all in the centre, where the noisy woman's club was. Once the film started, I'm happy to report that the antisocial behaviour ceased. I don't know what we'd have done had it not. Gone for help. The film was most enjoyable and we'll be back again when something that suits us both is showing and hopefully choose a day when the nattering group isn't there. Urge's Adventures of Tintin is on at the moment, but I think it'll be too action-packed for me and I'd end up taking an expensive afternoon nap. My teacher daughter in Corpus is going back to school. She wants to be a dental assistant, not because she loves teeth, but because it pays more money than the two daycares she's working at. And being single, she knows all about making ends meet. We suggested she could work in a paediatric dental practice and get her children's fix that way, but she needs to take it one step at a time. The, rooms for, the rules for financial aid and FAFSA are baffling. Because she's under 24, she's considered our dependent, even though I didn't claim her on my tax form last year. I didn't support her in any way except emotionally. I didn't, don't even live in the same country as her. The money people still need all our financial information before they can make a debt determination on her aid. Thank goodness for phone lines and the computer. We were able to iron out the kinks 3,000 miles away. Actually, it's 4,000 miles away. Well, I hope you've been enjoying my series on graduated homeschoolers so far. I've spoken to Jenny Hodgman from Australia who told us how her unstructured schooling experience gave her the courage to go where her dreams took her and the surprising results of that journey. Last week I talked to Laura Ellis, marketing director for Sunlight Curriculum. 
residing in Oxford here. She spoke eloquently about how homeschooling assisted her in thriving at college. She also passed on some useful tips for parents about using local resources to aid them in their homeschooling of older teens. Guesting with Laura was Joshua Williams, a fellow Brit spending his second year at Aberdeen University in Bologna, Northern Italy, where he's studying abroad with a program called Erasmus for a year. He's working on becoming fluent in Italian as well as moving forward in his goal to teach primary age children from underprivileged families. Joshua told us that the homeschooling experience he had with his five younger siblings drew him into a closer relationship with all his family and said he's looking forward to a future where he will be actively involved in his brothers and sisters lives as they develop into responsible young adults. I know our conversation so far has conversations so far have encouraged many of you listening in who are worried about compromising your children's future by not sending them to traditional school to relax in the affirmation from these young graduates that what you are doing is best for your children and there is help out there if you need it. To date, all of my guests have been shining examples of the independence and self-knowledge that can develop naturally as homeschoolers are encouraged to work out their own futures with support from their families. And it's time for me to go on a break. I'll be back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes, and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears, just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleOdell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Levinsky. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. 
Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's the Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. My guests this week are two newlyweds. Ah, and with their set to put a whole new spin on what homeschool graduates can do once they've finished with high school. Jonathan Lewis is 28 years old and serves as the editor of Homeschool Enrichment Magazine, a faith-based magazine for homeschoolers. He's had the opportunity to speak at several homeschooling conventions in the United States and has also spoken on a few radio interviews. Jonathan's working on his first book, which will be a look at home education from a graduate's perspective. Here's lovely new wife, Liana, Linnea, oh, I've got that written too, earned her a BA degree through an accelerated distance learning program at a fraction of the cost of traditional college. Then she took a correspondence course and earned her paralegal certification and works as a freelance graphic designer from home. Welcome, Jonathan and Liana. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. How are you both? Linnea, I am so sorry. (laughs) We're doing great. It's so nice to be here. You know what? I have it written, and I just had it in my head, and I just mispronounced it. So (laughs) I apologize greatly for that. No problem at all. Oh, well, thank you so much, Linnea. All right. Well, I'm going to start with you, Linnea. Okay. Um, Thank you very much for joining me this morning for you. Um, It's a little bit earlier than it is for me. And um, I just want you to tell us, if you will, um, how you met Jonathan and how long you've been married. Sure. Well, we, um, we actually met at a homeschool conference where Jonathan was speaking. Um, it was here, here in Illinois, the state, the state homeschool conference, and it was, it was last year um, in the spring, and my family was also speaking. We were doing a session together um, just about family vision and um, working together as a family, and so we happened to meet in the lunchroom and just kind of hit things off. Uh, it was, we had you know, a good conversation. We had uh, graphic design in common because Jonathan also um, does the layout and design for the magazine. And um, then it was a few months later that I found out um, he was interested in me and had actually started talking to my dad and um, just started the the communication to begin our relationship. And we've been married since May of 2011. Right. So really are newlyweds. Yes. (laughs) Six months. Six months now. Well, congratulations. I love it when young people get married. You know, here in England, (laughs) the choice of getting married is not the top choice. They um, move in together, old and young. It's not just the young Mm -hmm. kids, it's the older people too. And it's just my daughter's at college here and she said, Mom, you know, they just, they have partners. They don't have husbands or wives. And, you know, Uh I'm in the middle of selling my flat and my husband's living here with me, but they're very hesitant to say, your husband, they just don't presume that we're married here. <laughs> so I congratulate you on being married. That's the right thing to do. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and uh, Jonathan, um, let's start with um, asking your question about um, how did you decide what you wanted to do once you had finished homeschooling? Because I know you took a slightly different route to um, some of the other people that I've spoken to. Right. Well, for me, it was actually a somewhat 
circuitous route uh, from my completion of high school to where I am right now. And originally, I, I actually finished high school uh, a little bit early, and my original plan was to go to uh, Patrick Henry College in Virginia, which was funded by uh, Mike Ferris with HSLDA, and mm-hmm. uh, get a degree in government and then go into law school and uh, pursue a, law, a career in law. And eventually I, I had an interest in politics, wanted to, you know, get run for office, things like that. Uh, so since I had finished high school early, my, my parents obviously weren't crazy about the idea of me going halfway across the country to, you know, attend college when I was 15, 16 years old. So, you know, they, they suggested <laughs> that I mm-hmm. wait a while. And uh, in the meantime, I was working for uh, a, a business in our area that another homeschooling father had started. Uh, we actually, my family, uh, was able to work from the home office uh, doing that. So I was uh, just working at home uh, for the same business that my parents worked for. And uh, some time went by, and about, let's see, when I was 17, uh, my brother and I actually started a business of our own, and that was actually a small publishing company. We uh, published a monthly magazine that uh, was dedicated to reprinting uh, literature, short stories, books from the 1800s, just good, family-friendly, wholesome kinds of uh, stories. And we actually published that for a couple of years, and... Uh, we uh, thought it would obviously be successful, but uh, it, it was popular among some people, but we just couldn't tap into a large enough audience to mm-hmm. uh, to really make it a, a viable business. So uh, it became evident, you know, in the second year that we really couldn't keep going. We, we weren't making money, and we were putting all of our, our savings and earnings uh, into it, and it, it just wasn't going anywhere. So... As, as we were beginning to wind that business down, uh, we uh, actually partnered with our parents, and the four of us then started Homeschool Enrichment Magazine. And that was in the fall of 2003. I was 19 at that point in time. And we've actually been doing that ever since. We just finished our ninth year. We're uh, heading into our 10th year of publication. And uh, by God's grace, it has been a successful business that uh, supports our families, plus uh, has been a blessing to just thousands and thousands of homeschoolers across the country and around the world. So uh, originally, you know, I did not intend to, to follow the entrepreneurial path. I, I originally had other plans, uh, but I believe that uh, God was working behind the scenes to, uh, to just redirect me to where he wanted me to be, and I believe that that is uh, how it worked out, and that's how I am where I am now. Well, that's a fantastic story, Jonathan. Um, were your parents doing, were they already doing the kind of publishing? You said that they were already working at home out of a home office with another family. Was that what they were doing before? Uh, it was not directly uh, related to publishing, but some of the skills we learned uh, through working for that other business uh, did lead into uh, sort of the publishing world. We uh, were dealing some with uh, database management, um, uh, like bulk okay. mailing, uh, th- just things that uh, tied in naturally with yeah. with what we are doing now, publishing. So it was a different industry, but a lot of the skills and knowledge that we gained Related. there uh, translated yes. uh, to what we're doing now. And then when you look back on it, you can see God's hand every step of the way, can't you? 
Absolutely, absolutely. Very, very <laughs> it, it's just it's just amazing. Oh, that's why I learned all of that, and you can just apply it. Um, I think it's amazing that this magazine has obviously been so successful as to be able to support both, um, you know, your your parent, two families now, now that you're married and you have your own um, little family, and um, and you you send it out um, hard copy as well as electronically, I believe. Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, yes. All right. Well, congratulations on that. Where do you get your your writers, your 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 articles from for your magazine? Do you do you advertise for them, or how do you do that? Do you write everything yourself? <laughs> no, no. I, I usually do have uh, an article in each issue, uh, but most of the content uh, comes from other homeschooling parents, uh, especially moms from around the country. And often they just get in touch with us. You know, they, they get a copy, they have a subscription, and they write and say, you know, I have an interest in, in just sharing about my experience with, you know, this, that, or, or whatever. And uh, so they uh, submit articles, and we do have regular columnists who write on, you know, things like organization, high school, early learning, uh, just different things like that. So uh, we just have a variety of content, a variety of authors in every issue. And uh, they, uh, again, for the most part, have come to us just wanting to, to share. Well, good. Now I will go back to Linnea, and I want you to tell me a little bit about um, how you decided what to do after homeschool. How influential were your parents? How did they help you? Um, did you already know what you wanted to do? You had this gut feeling from a, from a young age. Tell us what happened. Sure. Well, after graduating from homeschool high school, my parents and I knew that I would be continuing my education in some way because I love learning. Um, I wanted to continue growing academically. And um, we also thought that a credential, um, being that degree, could be useful in home educating uh, my own children someday. Um, and actually, Jonathan and I are expecting our first um, right now. So really? we are looking forward, yes, to homeschooling in the future. Um, but I still, I still wanted to be part of um, my family's work and ministry, um, and we just, my parents and I together, as we talked about things and just talked through, you know, where I felt the Lord calling me. We didn't feel that four years away at a college was really going to be the best way to prepare me for life and for the future. And really, it was at just the right time that the Lord introduced uh, the concept of accelerated distance learning to us. And that was through um, the College Plus Coaching Program, which um, is a Christian program designed to um, just help students uh, use distance learning to get college degrees um, through accredited schools. So uh, for me, um, go ahead. No, you continue. On? Okay. Yes, yes, go ahead. Uh, yes, for, for me, it was just um, the perfect fit uh, to be able to study to be able to study on my own, to be able to study from home, to complete um, this degree. And it, it took me about 18 months to do a four-year bachelor's degree. Uh, and I did a lot of uh, credit by exam, which is why I was able to do it quite a bit faster and quite a bit cheaper than a traditional degree. And that's where I would study. And then I would go to a local university to take a test, um, CLEP test or Dante's test. There's a variety of options out there. And then... Um, the school where I earned my degree from, Thomas Edison State College in New Jersey, accepts those tests um, for college credit um, based on based on whichever test I had taken. Um, 
So I was able to do that academic education while still being involved with, you know, my family's uh, life, my younger siblings' homeschooling education, um, our, our music ministry. We sing together as a family, and so we would be we were singing in churches and doing a variety of things like that, as well as ministering in my church and in my community. Um, it was a much more integrated college experience, is how I view it. Instead of All right, Linnea, uh, Linnea, we have to go. I, you know, I will continue with you after the break, but we have to go on a okay. break now. So we're getting ready. So right. we'll be back in just a few moments to continue the conversation. Okay. All right. Sounds good. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand comes Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Linda Link is Lindell's first and only internet radio broadcast. Holly, tell us about it. It's really something from my heart that I want to be teamwork um, for the entire community to get the word out about everything that's going on here. We're talking to the entire community of Lindell. This is not limited to just businesses or just parents or just teachers. Simply to get the word out about your cause or your company, you must go to where the people are. And today, people are on the internet. Lindale Link. Lindale, Texas is a growing chain of business, education, commerce, community. Together, Lindale Link can create one strong chain of communication. Check out LindaleLink.com and then check out Lindale Link, the radio show. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand. Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Um, so, Linnea, um, did you finish your thought before we went on the break? You were saying that um, you were still able to do all of this at home and be involved still with your family and your siblings. Um, yes, I, I believe I did. Just the concept that that formal education didn't have to be at the expense of other relationships and other life skills and practical skills and um, just ministry that I was able to be a part of. 
Right. So is accelerated distance learning, say I just typed that into my computer, would, would it come up and instructions on how to tap into this wonderful resource would be right there for me? Um, I believe you would find, yes, quite a variety of articles and resources. Um, mm -hmm. Distance learning has been around for quite a while, and more and more uh, brick-and-mortar schools now are actually looking at option and offering um, online classes and things like that where you can't necessarily um, always do it as quickly, but you might be able to do it more flexibly or from home. Yeah. Um, yes. So, yes, there are a lot of resources out there. And you also went on and got a paralegal certification after that? I did, yes. Yes. Uh huh. And that was yeah. through a correspondence school as well. The law school is based in uh, California, but I was able to um, use yeah, computer and email and uh, having audio and video lectures and complete this the one year um, course. Mm -hmm. And um, that was that was an excellent education. Um, and after I went through that. Um, I discovered that well, I, I loved what I learned. I think it was very useful for me just as a citizen, as a person. But I discovered that, you know, to to be a paralegal in a law office um, every single day is really, I don't think, what God has called me to do. <laughs> no, no, I can understand so. that. But, but, so that's another interesting way and not too expensive way of, of, you know, dabbling and finding out, well, I'm interested uh -huh. in that. Let me try that for a little bit, you know, rather like mm -hmm. interning in an office, but you don't actually have to leave the house. And so you're exactly. now a graphic, a freelance graphic designer. So you didn't have to Correct. take any particular courses for that or were those included um, in your um, BA that you took? Those, I, 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 I am, am mostly self-taught in that area. I did do a variety of um, some, some uh, short courses just about the software and really the Lord opened that door um, for me through another homeschooling mom in the area who needed help with her design business and just kind of took me under her wing and helped teach me and, and then just just uh, handed over some of her clients to me, and I um, have been able to continue doing that uh, just flexibly, and I love the creative aspect and the computer side, and it just really has been a wonderful fit for uh, being able to help people communicate what they need to. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us, Linnea. That, that really is um, a completely different approach to further education <laughs> that I don't think I've covered sure. before. So I'll be exploring mm -hmm. that a little bit more um, later on um, during my other shows. So thank you for um, opening that door for me. Um, let me go Certainly. back to you now, um, Jonathan. I would like to talk to you a little bit about something that I know that um, you have a heart for, and that is... Um, how children thrive um, because they homeschool, how wonderful homeschooling is for young people. And, you know, there are a lot of um, naysayers out there that say, oh, they, they're not properly socialized. They, they don't, you know, they don't mix enough with their own peer group. They're in mixed peer groups. And maybe they don't perform as well in tests because they don't, you know, they're not geared towards testing like they are in the traditional schools. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I know you have some, some views and some statistics that you can share with my audience today. Sure. Well, you know, homeschooling has by now been around long enough that there is just an abundance of research uh, that has been done that really shows the success rate uh, that homeschooling is having. And uh, we can look at you know, the academics, and, you know, a, a study came out uh, just two years ago from 2009 uh, showing that homeschooled students uh, routinely perform uh, 34 to 39 percentile points above the national average on standardized achievement tests. And uh, 
often uh, score higher on uh, college entrance exams and and things like that. So homeschoolers are definitely uh, having success in in the academic realm. And you know, I think it's interesting that uh, here in the states, uh, the average amount that is spent per child in public school, according to a Census Bureau report that just came out this past May, uh, they spend $10,499 per year on each student in public school, and whereas homeschoolers are only spending about $500 a year. So the mm-hmm. public schools are spending 21 times more, and yet the, the homeschoolers are the ones scoring 34 to 39 percentile points higher than the mm-hmm. public school students. And I think that just illustrates the fact that the, the money is not the indicator of success. You know, yeah. if, if money could make the difference, you know, the public school students should be the ones uh, scoring higher. So money is not uh, really what, what grants success. And I think it's interesting if we were to just sit back and say, okay, what what would make a successful homeschool family? You know, we might think that a family who is in a higher income bracket or where they spend more on education or where the parents have a higher level of education, we would probably look at those kinds of factors and say that would make a successful homeschool family. But according to the research, those things really don't matter uh, to any significant amount. Uh, Families who are homeschooling who are at the lower end of the economic ladder are actually performing uh, within just a few percentile points of those who are on the upper rungs. Uh, the amount you spend on homeschooling really doesn't have a significant impact. And even the education level of the parents, those who have just a high school diploma compared to those who have college degrees, uh, it just doesn't make that big of a, of a difference in the academic success of the kids. Even, uh, again, those with without much money, without uh, much education, their children are still way outperforming uh, the public school students. And Really, I can, you know, give some personal testimony to that. Uh, my parents, when, when we were being homeschooled, my brother and I, uh, we were not doing very well financially. We didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we didn't spend hardly any money on homeschooling. And neither of my parents have any college education at all. And yet, when I would take these standardized achievement tests, um, I routinely scored above the 90th percentile. And I don't think that's any... Uh, any basis for me to to brag or to boast it really just goes back to the inherent strengths of homeschooling it it really does work uh, but even beyond the academics there are there's just so much success uh, for example uh, passing on the faith to your children if if you are a homeschooler a, a, a christian homeschooler one of the things that is probably foremost in your mind is is passing on the faith to your children. And we are seeing the results of public education where the the statistics say that up to 85% of kids from Christian homes who attend public school for 12 years wind up walking away from the faith by the time they graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to homeschooling, over 90% remain active in church. Over 90% report that their religious beliefs are essentially the same as their parents. Mm. And so we are seeing it just across the board in all sorts of different areas of life, different metrics that we can measure for success. We are seeing the, the results of homeschooling, that it is in fact successful. Homeschool graduates report uh, being happier with life, being more satisfied with life than the general population. They are more engaged in their communities. They vote 
at a much greater rate. They are just so much more involved. And, and so, again, we are just seeing the success that homeschooling is having across the board. Well, thank you so much for telling us that, Jonathan. I'm sure it's a great boost to a lot of um, my listeners. And I've always said to my listeners, if you're homeschooling, you're already um, doing the, you know, if you've already taken time out of your life to stay at home and homeschool your children, then you, you know, you've already set them on that wonderful path to success down the line. And as you said, money, education doesn't seem to have any bearing. So I have my own ideas as a homeschooling mum. What does make the difference? But I'd like to hear what your um, idea is on what does make the difference if it's not money and if it's got nothing to do with edu- you know with how high your edu- your parents education went what does it have to do with well i believe there are a few key factors <clears throat> but i really believe the most important thing is simply the fact that homeschooling takes parental involvement really to the limits mm. even professional educators or education researchers acknowledge that parental involvement, even in the context of institutional school, makes a huge difference. Kids in public schools, if their parents are involved, they perform better. And again, this is something that even the professional educators, the education researchers acknowledge that. And so when we then take that principle And we look at homeschooling, it's easy to see why homeschooling can be successful. It's because, again, the parental involvement is, you know, taken to a maximum extent. And so I believe that that is one of the key factors, is that parents simply make a difference. Mm -hmm. I believe that also, exactly, you know, we, uh, God put the family together, he gave children to their parents, and really to think that we could improve on that model by, you know, by building schools and sending kids away for the greater part of the day, uh, really we're finding that you know, maybe that's not so great after all. Uh, but beyond uh, just the, the idea of parental involvement, there's also the flexibility, the adaptability of homeschooling. You can teach to each child where they are. You can mm-hmm. tailor the education to meet their needs. I have a friend, uh, Joanne Calderwood, who is actually one of the columnists uh, for our magazine, and she was a public school teacher before she started homeschooling. And she told me once that, you know, even though she she loved teaching, she loved her students, she wanted to give them the best education that she possibly could, uh, but in the classroom environment, you know, the restraints of of time and, and just everything that goes into that, she could only teach to the middle segment of her class. If you were above that middle segment, you really didn't get the attention you needed. If you were below that middle segment, you didn't get the attention you needed. She could only teach to the middle. And so I think that is, again, one difference between classroom education and homeschooling. A homeschooling parent doesn't need to just shoot for that middle ground and and hope that everyone's taken care of. They can meet each student where they are, uh, tailor the education to each child, and I believe that makes a huge difference. It's and so I, I believe there are a, a variety of factors, but I think two of the greatest certainly are, are just the parental involvement and the, the flexibility and adaptability. I'm talking with Jonathan Lewis, a 28-year-old homeschool graduate, and his wife, Liana. 
Linnea, also a homeschool graduate. I'll get your name right by the end of the show. They're newlyweds. We're talking today about what they did after their homeschool and how it worked for them. Hopefully, you'll be getting some ideas on how to advise your homeschoolers on the brink of graduation. And we'll be back in just a few moments. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment, and that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Multi-ethnic church with Mark DeMoz. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon Central is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. All right, Linnea, for the last few minutes in this final section, um, I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to um, ask you, um, as we heard from Jonathan, of course, our parents are our primary teachers and no one has more impact on a homeschooler's character than your parents. And they actually know you. And I try telling my children this. I know you better than anybody else except for God. You know, really, you do as their parent. Um, so tell me, how did your parents shape your life? Well, as you say, I think parents do have the most impact in a child's life. And um, even if even if they don't spend that 
that dedicated time with them homeschooling, they still have a tremendous influence. And if you are homeschooling and have the opportunity to be together so much more, it uh, just magnifies that impact. And so I would say my parents were extremely influential um, in helping me develop character, in teaching me about God, in teaching me about um, having a good work ethic and um, teaching me to work hard, to study hard, to try to do whatever um, God gives me to do as well as I can, um, just to have that goal of excellence, not perfection, but doing doing the best that you can um, at whatever you're doing, whether it's schoolwork or whether it's uh, uh, music or um, cooking a meal or whatever, whatever um, you're doing. I would say that... Because of homeschooling, um, my parents have become really uh, trusted friends and mentors, not just parents. And, um, you know, there was no one that I would have rather had beside me as Jonathan and I were getting to know one another and um, just walking towards marriage than my parents. And they were just so influential in counseling and praying with me and just helping me, uh, helping, really helping point me to the Lord. And not just giving their opinion, but saying, what does God say about this? And, you know, I want you to be seeking the Lord yourself. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't just a matter of their uh, them uh, giving me their convictions or their opinions, mm-hmm. but a matter of helping me develop those and um, really seek the Lord for myself. So you feel that you were very well prepared for for life by you yeah. Know, after your homeschool, yes, yes. I, yes, I, I, I would, that. I would say so. And um, they, you know, they helped me. It's not that I, I knew every single thing I would need to know, but I, I learned how to learn and how to want to learn. And so, if I needed to figure something out, um, I know how to do it, and I'm not afraid to try to figure yeah. that out. Um, yeah, and I yeah. believe, yes, they laid a wonderful ground groundwork for um, just the future, and obviously and I, having and my I, own family. I, I also get a sense that you are very aware of the fact that you would like to homeschool your children as well. So I think everything that you have um, done with the help of God's influence and your prayer is setting you up to be able to continue with whatever it is that you're doing work-wise and be a mother and be at home and not have to go outside the home for an income. And Do you, do you feel that? Yes. Definitely. Um, homeschooling is just part of, part of my family, part of Jonathan. Um, Jonathan and I have no other, really no other option out there. You know, for us, homeschooling yeah. our own kids is just of primary importance. And, and yes, I, I'll be able to um, do a few, few things on the side um, as well. I, I'm kind of an entrepreneur and just enjoy doing that. But that's not going to be at the expense of the home and our children. Wow, yes. I, I can just see. I can just hear God working in your lives just by listening to both of you. Um, Jonathan, I just want to end here um, and talk a little bit about your book. Have you actually started writing your book, or is it still an idea? Uh, I actually have started. I, I have made uh, some some progress in the past months, and I just continue to work on that word willing. I don't really have a... a um, publication uh, date yet, uh, but I am continuing to work on it and, and actually hope to have the manuscript finished uh, within the next uh, several months. So, uh, Lord willing, it will be uh, forthcoming in the not-too-distant future. Is there a website that you would like to share with my listeners for your magazine? Yes, 
uh, they can learn more about the magazine at homeschoolenrichment.com. Okay. That is so the official homeschoolenrichment.com. And yeah. um, your name, if I just, if they just put Jonathan Lewis in, will that come up um, linked to Homeschool Enrichment? Uh, actually, probably not. Uh, Jonathan Lewis is a fairly common name, and I, I've actually uh, Googled my name before, and I, I am not the top result. So uh, okay. they will probably okay. find out about somebody else. <laughs> yeah, well, they can find that um, link anyway on, on Toginet, on my radio um, web page. Um, thank you so much, both of you, for taking time out this afternoon to talk to me. Um, sure. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Um, I've been talking to Jonathan and Linnea Lewis, both homeschooling graduates, happily married and working after taking different pathways from most other high school graduates. On their journeys towards independence, Jonathan co-founded and now serves as editor of Homeschool Enrichment Magazine, a faith-based magazine in the United States for homeschoolers. Linnea, a freelance graphics designer working from home, shared her experience with alternative higher education using correspondence courses and an accelerated um, learning program. Jonathan talked to us about statistics proving that homeschoolers thrive at home and how they're more likely to stay true to their faith when not exposed to the public and secular school systems. Both of them have succeeded in their careers without attending traditional colleges, which must be a plus for some of my listeners whose students may not fall into the college school to college to workplace scenario. Good luck, Jonathan, with the writing of your first book, which will be a look at home education from a graduate's perspective. And have a great weekend, both of you, and thank you so much for joining me today. And enjoy your first Thanksgiving as a married couple. And your first baby. <laughs> thank <maiden>. you. And- <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Well, the British love their announcements. We're constantly hearing them over the tannoy system in the underground. We're advised to move along the platform or stand back because the next train is passing straight through. We're treated to warnings to warnings not to block the escalators and requested to buy our tickets at our destination because of the congestion at the station. We're admonished not to block the entryways to the escalators and told to keep left when walking. With these little messages ringing in our ears, we're alerted to the intrusive fact that we're being watched as well as issued instructions. Announcers are either articulate members of staff who view themselves as spokespeople for the rail company or illiterates who are utterly incoherent and should never be allowed behind a mic. Their messages are delivered at length and never hit their mark. Mostly their delivery is informative, serious and blatantly honest when you can understand them. Last Monday, we were headed to market and thought we'd catch the 1026 train to London, Victoria. On arrival at the station, we saw the information screen in the lobby was showing it to be delayed. We sat on the platform, well, we sat on a metal bench on the platform, waiting for more news about our tardy train, wondering if there was an alternative route to Covent Garden. We looked at our watches. Well, at least it hasn't been cancelled, said my Texan in sotto voce, but a fellow passenger uncharacteristically responded to his comment with, All the trains were cancelled through here this morning. It was a mess. There was an accident further up the line. Nothing could get through. This must be the residue. Ah, we said in unison, glad we hadn't had to do an airport run that morning. Then we heard an announcement. The delayed 1026 London Victoria train has been cancelled. 
Phones came out along the now quite crowded platform. The trains go every 15 minutes, so there were passengers for the 1041 wandering onto the platform. Apologies and excuses were made via mobiles, and I heard the fellow next to me even saying, I'll hold my phone up to the information board to prove it if you don't believe me. It was now 10.32, and the only train on the board was the 10.53 to London Bridge. My cowboy and I briefly considered diverting our journey through the city until we heard this announcement. South Eastern Rail is pleased to announce the delayed and then cancelled 10.26 to London, Victoria, will be arriving on Platform 2 in three minutes. I looked around to check we were on Platform 2, and we stood up to catch our imminently arriving train. And then another announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, the 10.41 train to London, Victoria has been cancelled. We all groaned and looked around and then realised that we weren't waiting for the 10.41. We were waiting for the delayed, then cancelled 10.26, which should be arriving very soon. Sure enough, the next announcement... The train arriving at Platform 2 is the delayed, then cancelled 1026 service to London, Victoria, calling at... Wow, what a trip. And it's Thanksgiving next week, and it is not celebrated here in England. I was talking to my producers at Togina in Lindale, Texas, and told them, sadly, it's just another day here. Malia's been talking it up at school, and some of her friends have invited her around for a special meal. Her landlady has said she'll cook her a holiday meal, too. But she's a vegetarian, so the turkey tradition may prove to be a bit of a challenge in her kitchen. Malia's friends asked, what do you eat at Thanksgiving? And she replied, turkey to which they responded that's what we have for christmas so what do you eat for christmas and malia said ham and they said sandwich ham those are the same group of people who ask whether we celebrate christmas day on the same day in america not the brightest there are lots of dishes that we eat habitually at thanksgiving and i'm sure whatever kind of thanksgiving meal malia is offered next week it will be better than a sandwich or something which is what she would normally be eating so I am going to close. I think I've come to the end of my show, actually. It just kind of flew by. And so I think I'll just wrap up. I've managed to rave on for another hour, which has flown by again. We've rehearsal tonight with a newly painted wall by my handsome cowboy who was up there this afternoon flinging up a bit of colour. We're off to find material for props and set dressing this weekend. And we'll probably cook up a large beef stew. No crock pot for us and no bread machine either. But luckily, the bread is wonderful here and always available, fresh and hot from the bakery next week as i said is thanksgiving never celebrated here but we'll do something special our signature cranberry crunch and pumpkin pie perhaps to show off to the boys i'll be here same time same place next week with the fourth of my homeschool graduate series which you won't want to miss without further ado i'll say thanks to my handsome clean-shaven hard-working husband who believes in love at first sight our four children who are the result of that belief i miss you three in texas the hard-working staff at toginet radio my guest jonathan and lynette Lewis, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, Sarah, and many others who are part of my growing audience. Have a great Thanksgiving. Listen to Sandy Fowler, Heartfilled Holidays, on Mondays at 1, and Ali Repreet later on this afternoon. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, doop, doop. Doodle-loop.
Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Togi.